Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Let's get into the Word of God. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you that we're in the house of God, where the Word of God flows freely into the hearts of those who fear God, your people, Lord. We pray that you would keep us in your purpose, keep us in your mindset that guards our heart and mind as we raise up our petitions before you, Lord, that we could be satisfied like we talked about this week, Lord. We could be children that are satisfied and weaned and come off that sentiment of desperation, We pray, oh God, that your hand would be strong in our lives, in our ministry, that our purposes are about you, oh God, that every day we live, we desire nothing in this earth, oh God, as it says in Psalm 73, verse 25, nothing in this earth do I desire but you, oh God. Establish your ways and direct my paths into your purposes, and that you be glorified, Lord, that you be exalted, As I surrender my life, bring me to the place where I reflect your glory in all things. We pray that you would bless your word and prosper it in the hearts of your people, Lord. Allow your word to be a good seed planted in good heart that would bring forth good fruit and a harvest that glorifies you, Lord. That your word might be a lamp unto our feet and that it would shine bright so that we not stumble in darkness, O God. Allow your word to make us wise. And allow your word, our meditation day and night to prosper us as a tree that is planted next to the living and running rivers, oh God. We pray that our leaf would not wither, that we would grow fruit in the season, in time. You make all things beautiful in your schedule, God. So we give you thanks, Lord, and that your word not return void. Allow us to understand and bring it into our hearts that we not just be hearers of your word, but doers that we apply your truth in a practical manner and that you be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God say amen, amen, amen. Uh, uh, During the past couple of weeks, uh, seeing how uh, people dance and fret and and, and connive and they, we we say they're bullfighting because when the word of God comes, they go ole and the word of God just misses them. So Proverbs 13, 13, the Bible says that those who despise the word will be destroyed. There's there's nothing limited about this reality. I think that if we just grab this particular verse and say the word that is despised will bring destruction. It doesn't bring anything positive for the word of God to come to your life and you to have another alternative for you to have another mindset. And usually by the time we analyze and we contemplate and consider the counsel of the word that comes, we devalue, we water it down to the point that it's no longer effective in our lives. Uh, A lot of people are saying, Lord, if you would only speak to me, I would listen. He's speaking out loud. He's told you things a thousand times and you still are not listening to his word. And so Proverbs 13, 13 needs to be in our, ready for this, old school, Rolodex. Uh, What's a Rolodex? Listen, 
It needs to be one of the verses you go to. Back in the days, you used to put all your important numbers in a round cylinder. You used to twist it like that before computers, before iPad, before all this memory stuff that uh, smartphones think smarter than the guy that uses it because he doesn't know. Okay, no, let's not go there. The Dewey Decimal System. We're not going to go there either. Um, If you despise, if you do not agree If you do not come into the same sentiment to the word God has spoken, you, my friend, are headed to destruction without even knowing it. But I love the fact that the Bible always contrasts giving you the benefit. If you fear the commandment which comes, you will be rewarded. There will be a blessing upon your life For you not to process the word of God by saying, I wonder how much of this is true. And it becomes a curse for you to think that you could maneuver around the word that's coming solid to your life. There's no doubt. It's God speaking because he tells you once and a time and again through various streams and resources. Um, I I love that verse there in Hebrews chapter 1. The Bible says that God speaks over amount of time, chapter 1, verse 1, uh, Hebrews 1, 1, God who at various times and is in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers through the prophets. There's, there's a way that God speaks. If you disconnect from people of God, you disconnect from the line of authority, you disconnect from the word of the Lord. And oh, those people that says, I got a special revelation. God is going to do it different with me. Well, let's all watch. Let's all watch what follows is destruction or let's watch if what comes is reward. But when you despise the word and the counsel of the Lord, and we're big on that since day one. I remember years ago, one man came up to me and says, Pastor, uh, I've decided I'll follow my mother-in-law and leave the church. I said, <laughs> woohoo! You what? Wait a second. Let me save your life. And I filled the room with 30 men. I think Pastor Joy remembers that time. We were 30 strong. And each man went around the room and gave that man counsel that he was out to lunch. And and so it's not something new we're doing now. 24 years later, we're really big on the counsel of the Lord. There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. There's the weight of God's serious. What happened? When all the men told him that he wasn't listening to God, he left anyways. He left to his own demise. And so I would see him some 10 years later, and he says, I hate your guts, Pastor Joaquin. I said, why? Why? Because that day you put me up against a hundred men. It, was, it wasn't a hundred, it was like 30. Uh, and they all gave me the counsel of God. And I despise you for that. And I was like, listen, that's what I owe to everyone who is walking serious about God. If when they come to see me, they don't agree with my counsel, then I'll get my 11 pastors will come and they'll all give you their hearts. Their wives will come and give you their hearts. These are serious people who have been walking the Lord for a long time. They're no fly-by-nights. They're not funny-duddy people that have dreams after having indigestion and pizza at night. They're, they're not. They're, they're biblically sound, and their lives 
speak that they fear God at that level. So God will speak to us. Um, a lot of us will despise this word that comes because so many people go around playing and bartering with the word of God. Um, I feel it necessary to talk about the power of God's word and his counsel. Uh, throughout the scriptures as we read, Genesis 15, 1, the Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. So God will speak to you. He will reveal his desire for your life. Um, that's Genesis 15, 1. And the word of the Lord came to Abraham. And you'll see that this, this is a recurring theme in all of the Old Testament. It says, after a period of time, the word of the Lord came. After a period of time, the word of the Lord came. After a period of time, the word of the Lord came. To various people in various situations. Do not be afraid. I'm your protector. I'm your exceedingly great reward. I, I, I think that we can grab these verses and know that these display the character of who God is. He's protecting us. He has reward for us. We're not those, and I, I attempted to do this over my lifetime. I tried to reward myself. I tried to go find out my blessing. I, I, I tell the story often. As soon as I became a lawyer, I started practicing law. I went out and bought a car. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? I got myself nice wheels. That's what I'm doing. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't give it to you. I haven't been stingy with you. Why are you reaching outside of my gifting to you? You're not receiving, you're taking. Taking, Lord, I got a discount. I got a great deal. My, my clients need a lawyer with a nice car. And I had all the justifications to reach beyond God's time and season. I sold that car within 10 days, 10 weeks, uh, two weeks. I think within the period of two weeks, I'm like, can't touch this. I don't want anything that the Lord doesn't have for me. That's my legacy. My legacy is, is the counsel of the Lord comes and I line up with the word of the Lord. Because I want to see his reward. I, I don't want my reward. I don't want what I think. So a year later, 12 months later, a flatbed tow truck came into the, my office at the law office and dropped off a brand new nice. It was white color, pearl. It had gold keys. I'm like, the Lord's in the house. The Lord knows how to bless those who want his word and counsel. And, and it was glorious. And so our lives have become people that are rewarded by God because we're not flying by the seat of our pants. And everybody right there is a good amen. I want what God has for me. And what God has for me, I don't have to take. I don't have to, I don't have to be begging. I don't have to be pleading. He has it laid up for me. I need to line up myself with the word of the Lord. And I want to say this before I go on, that every aspect of what God has for us is, is really powerful. Um, he has established in a manner that is glorious. God, every aspect of our lives is preceded by that which his word establishes. And so you want to have this be your reality. Uh, I need to find this real quick because I think it's so important. In every area of your life, and this is what we have done since day one. I, I remember when Pastor Palma came and he says, I, I want to marry Ceci. I said, great. 
it's a great thing. I mean, she's, she's, always, she's like a champion of champions, right? I said, but go and get the word of the Lord, buddy. Get a word from God. You should have seen that man. I think it took him a year to wrestle with God and say, give me a word, Lord. And Clarita was saying, look, use any word. He goes, no, because pastor's not going to, pastor knows when God's speaking and he's not going to take any word. I'm going to tell you, look at another seven years like Jacob. You're not going to get a word of the Lord. Um, it's super important. So every aspect of our life has to be um, something in regard to God having spoken it. And if God is not speaking it, you're not walking in the provision he has for you. Um, I need to find this. I'm not good at these smartphones. Um, Hebrews 1.3, we're talking about he speaks many times in many places. And look what it says. And who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Not only the power of his word, but by the word of his power. That means when God speaks something, it will come to pass. And if God hadn't spoken it, you are a fool to move in that direction. Because the Bible says when you walk in the direction where the word of God has not directed you, that's a place of desolation. That's a wilderness experience. There's no provision there. You're going to walk and walk and walk and never tap in to any reward. So here, this, this powerful exa example, upholding, uh, putting things in their proper place by the word of his power. The word of his power. Lord, allow me to see the word of your power in my life that sustains all things. You, you make things work because you've decided, you, you design them by how you speak. So when God is speaking to Abraham and telling them these things, verse Genesis 15, 4, it comes again. It says, behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying this. Uh, he was complaining um, I think that in the midst of our dilemma, he's stressed out because he wants a descendant. He doesn't have one. So he ultimately, he's, he's complaining to God. He says, look, uh, the only heir that I have is my slave son, and, and that's going to be my heir, and you messed up. And so the Bible says no. It wasn't his, it's verse 15, chapter 15, verse 4. Um, he says, the word of the Lord came to him again, and said, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. There's no evidence of what, what he was thinking and what he was complaining wasn't consistent until the word of the Lord came and put things in a proper light. So I've often, even in my life, when there's situations taking place, I want a word from God. I, I want a direction from God. I want the clarity that comes uh, we, we recall the situation with Pastor Omar early in our ministry, uh, a health issue, and, and it was do or die, it was life or death, and, and the doctors were saying all manner of things. But even, even in our health issues, God wants to speak clearly, and when he speaks, 
He brings peace. He brings joy. He brings an expectation of knowing that he's going to move based on his word. I was just reading, uh, as we were reading Psalm 137, uh, it flashed out to me. We were reading about putting all things uh, up to the level of our chief joy. And then I read here, Lord, you don't just do anything. Psalm 137, let me find it real quick here. It says, um, verse 2, no, 138, verse 2. Um, Lord, I'm ready to worship you with all my heart, to worship towards your holy temple and to praise your name. For your loving kindness is a, for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Lord, you want to establish a roadmap for us above all these things. How many people do you know that are Christians and never walk according to his word? They never seek the counsel of God. There's no weight of understanding what God is doing in their life. I, I told a friend of mine, he's playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Where, where, where is God? You know, I like her, and I like her, and I like her, and I like her. And I said, like, buddy, God doesn't have four wives for you. So it doesn't matter about who you like. It, it matters who God will give you a word for so that you're not messing with things that are not your concern. So we, we know the story ended with Pastor Palma coming back to me one night. He says, I got a word from the Lord. And, and when he, I heard it, I said, amen, brother. That's the word of the Lord. Now proceed with caution. Continue forward now that you got the word of the Lord and make it your reality. And, and to this day, I, I'm sure that that sustains him. I'm sure that understanding what God spoke in that season of his life gives him peace in every other season. So there it is, the word of the Lord. Um, in 1 Samuel 15, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Samuel. And he said, I regret that I made Saul keen. He has turned away from following me and has not carried out what I've spoken. So, so even when God speaks and you don't carry it out, God says, you no longer reflect the reward I'm bringing to you. Are there people like that? They get a word from the Lord and then do the complete opposite. That they, 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 and then the, the Samuel, the prophet who God is speaking to, he's saying, I regret that I set up Saul. Um, if you go to verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. So he says, listen, Samuel, what's going on with the kingdom, what's going on with, with the king, What's going on with all these things are not going consistent with my word. So because Saul acted foolishly, the Bible says his kingdom will be taken away from him. God has no, God has no commitment to fulfilling your decisions and your counsel. If you think, well, I'm a Christian, so anything I do, God is... How many know Christians like that? Whatever I do, God has to bless Wrong answer. God blesses what he tells you to do. God blesses what he has spoken to come to pass. And so that becomes a strong place of warfare. As Paul tells Timothy, remember the word of the Lord that was spoken over you by the laying on of hands. 
So when God speaks, you could grab onto what God has spoken, and it's a strong place of deliverance. It's a strong place to tell the devil, leave me alone. I'm waiting on the Lord. As the king of uh, Salem came over to Abraham, he says, listen, I'm going to bless you. No, sir. My hand is lifted up to God, and I won't take a sandal string uh, uh, to, to, to tie my sandals together, not even a shoelace, so that you don't say you prosper me because my blessing is coming from a little higher source. My dependence isn't here upon the earth. My hands are lifted up to heaven, Abraham says. I'm waiting on what God has said. He's my shield. He's my exceedingly great reward. So that, that gives us a place to stand that's strong. There in 2 Samuel chapter 7, it happens again. 2 Samuel 7, verse 1, the Bible says the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him a rest from all his surrounding enemies. So David was doing well. The Lord had given him the victory of all his battles and challenges. I was speaking to Jules this morning, Pastor Jules, and he was saying, you know something? We have challenges on every side, but, but that doesn't mean that we're flustered and frustrated and overwhelmed because we're just, we're just trusting that God is going to see us through. So we're not, we're not based on situations, and, and our peace come from God fighting our battles. Verse 2, it says that the king said to the prophet, See, I have plans. I'm going to build the Lord a house. I'm going to build the Lord a house. There was, no one told him to build no house. We have plans sometimes, and we want to do things, but we, he goes over to Nathan, and uh, Nathan says, You know something? I'm listening to you out. I got your, your heart. I understand your de decision, your desire. Um, verse 3, Nathan tells him, go with it. Go and do all that's in your heart. That God's going to help you do what you came up with. Eh. Then all of a sudden, verse 4, God, the word of the Lord, it happened that night after he had said, David, go and do it. I'm the prophet and God's with you. Then the word of the Lord comes. And, and so that's, that becomes a, a very strange place as, as, as ministers. I can tell you all the time, people come up to us all the time. Hey, I'm going to do this, Pastor. Pastor, pray for me. I decided to do this. Pastor, I'm going to go here. You know, and I'm like, okay, but I don't hear that God is telling you to move in that direction. So if you're moving in the direction, it might be a good thing. It might be an excited thing. It might be a passionate thing. It might be you're laying and surrendering. And, and you know, pastors from time to time, they say, okay, um, I, I'm, I'm very weary about that. I'm very weary about just telling people, go ahead. Oh, you're getting married. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it goes well. No. Where's the word of the Lord? Oh, who, who told you to marry an unbeliever? Who, who told you to move in a direction? You're being deceived. There's no word of the Lord being vetted there. There's no reward at the end of that, that scenario. So the word of the Lord came to Nathan, and he says, go and tell, verse 5, go and tell David, I didn't tell him to go build me a house. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, will you build a house for me to dwell in? Like, where did you pull that bunny out of what hat? How did you come up with that idea? Why weren't you, and, and this is even what I told Brandon this week, 
Um, I don't know, a lot of you guys don't know my testimony, but everything that has happened in my life has been according to the word of the Lord. So while I was trying to get into law school, I would come to prayer service. And I was saying, Lord, I want the people of God to pray for the affairs that are happening in my life. That's the most non-attended meeting in our weekly service. Like 10 people come out. 10 people come out to prayer service. I'm saying, I don't know how people do life without seeking the word of the Lord. Even so, uh, to be in the climate and the atmosphere where you cultivate the word of the Lord to come. If somebody asked me to get married, if I was a young girl, before I said, oh, I would say, brother, you better get the prayer service. I want to see you on your knees getting a word of the Lord because I'm not going to start a family with a bozo. Oh, well, you, got, no, you guys don't know what a bozo is, but that used to be a clown when I was growing up. And, and you don't want a clown to lead your home. You want a praying man, not a praying mantra. What was it called? A praying mantis. No, not a praying mantis. You want a praying man, a man who's on his knees long before he asks you to be his uh, whatever. I don't even know what they ask you to be. His second mama. But a praying man, a man whose, whose heart is in the house of the Lord, who's praying, who's seeking a word from God. Thus saith the Lord. I, I remember when I was single and, and I was trying to get Yvette to marry me. And then I said to her, listen, the word of the Lord says that from the sweat of my brow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard to provide for our house. You're not to sweat and be out there in the workplace grueling over some job, rain or shine, cold or, or hot. Let me do what God has given me, and you do what God has given you to do. The word of the Lord. Establish all things by the word. So we're living in a time where the word of the Lord is not found. The Bible says there will be a famine in the last days. I think it's uh, somewhere in, in the book of Amos. Uh, I'll bring that up now. Um, where it says, it won't be a famine of bread and water, it will be a famine of the word of God. So all sorts of people are doing all sorts of things, trampling. Well, I like to work. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Then we have the word of mama. But we don't have the word of the Lord. And guess what? 20 years down the road, you're going to see the fruits of mama bear word being stronger than God's word. And so people get upset at me all the time, but I've been called to preach the word of God. I've not, I've not been called to accommodate the trends of latest fashions. I know where that ends. Horrible nightmares. And so for whatever it's worth, we're going to continue to say, and the word of the Lord came. And, and in fact, in our church for 24 years, we've never repeated one sermon. I think on one Wednesday night, I was... I was coaching Little League with the boys, basketball. They must have been 11, 12, and 13. And I had to rush back to the church. So I went into the archives of our preaching. And I pulled something out five years that I had already preached. And I preached it that night. And people came up to me and says, Pastor, we've heard that one already. One in 24 years. You know what it means? That I'm seeking the word of the Lord every time I stand here. I'm not, I'm not bringing some cheesy last year's word or next week's word. or No. Every day has a time and a season for his word. 
We, we need to be a people that have his word from the time we wake up in the morning, in the afternoon, whatever our affairs is, God has to speak to us. God has to have a word for that season, and it cannot be something on Fox News or CNN or, or the Miami Herald or some journalist. The word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet. It brings light and clarity to our seasons. Amos 8, 11, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread and a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And I think, here's what I think, this is my humble opinion, that wives don't listen to husbands because they never have a word from God. Selah. I didn't get a word from God for what's happening to our finances. I didn't get a word of God for where I went to work. I didn't get a word of God that's full of amazing creativity and, and fruitful abundance. For us to be known not only as those who welcome the blessing, but that we be more prominent for dispersing our generosity because of where it flows from. Now, some people have never tapped into that reality because they are not contemplating the goodness of God in their lives. So, after, you know, this is an awesome word. This is a lot better than your, amen, pastor, help him, Lord, preach it, sir. In this portion of scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 7, when God is telling Nathan, go and tell my servant that what you said was not my word. So here David is saying something is not God's word. The prophet is saying, go and do it. It's not his word. And then in verse 5, God says, tell my servant that he's not going to build me a house. That if he would come and seek the word of the Lord from me, I've never asked anyone to build me a house. But he says in verse 6, have I ever asked anyone? I have not dwelt in the house of the Lord since I took you out of Egypt, even to this day. But I moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. I, I walk in a humble dwelling place. I'm not looking for the expanse of exuberance. Um, I, don't, I don't, if we were to go up to heaven to see where God dwells, we definitely are not going to build him a cardboard box down here. Oh, God, I have a great idea. I'm going to build your house. No, 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 David, calm down. That's not my word. My word is this. I'm going to build you a house. Verse 8. Therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts. Here comes the word. I took you from the sheephole when you were a puny little shepherd, and I made you a king over my people Israel. The, the, the flow of God's blessing is coming from his throne of grace to our lives, and we better not reflux, regurgitate. The, the, the stuff goes with the flow down. It doesn't come coming backwards. We're not telling God what to do. I hope you don't tell God what to do in your prayers. I'm, I'm, when I pray, I, say, I get on my knees, and I, start, I say, Lord, I don't even want to suggest what your thoughts are towards my life in this situation. What your thoughts are, what your desire is in this situation. You, you download on me what is the word of the Lord for this season. What is it that you want to do? What is your pleasure? What is your intent? How is it that you want me to move? Verse 9. So it, it delivers us from all these, these fearful things. 
and I have been with you whenever you have gone and I have cut off all your enemies. I fight your battles, David, and have made you a great name, a name like the great men who are upon the earth. Why are we not reflecting the largeness of what God intended? Because we don't have a word from God. We don't walk in that word. Yeah, my parents were telling me from a long time, you young man, you got to study. I was like, I'm not going to study. I'm going to go park airplanes at the, at the airport. I'm make me some money. Well, I know how to park airplanes. This left and the right and come forward and stop and stop. I know all that stuff. I was a starving man. Yvette would have been miserable. Me doing my own thing. But one day came and I said, I'm going to line up with the word of God. I, I didn't think I could be a, I didn't think I could be a lawyer. So I, I went to and and I, I went to apply to become a, a law enforcement officer with Miami Dade, and I said I'm going to go down there and, and go to the academy. I got a criminal justice uh, undergraduate degree, and right the night I was going to go into the academy. I had done the 10 month application process. My parents said, "Hey, come in here. We have a word of the Lord for you." Like, no, you don't. You want to mess with my life. I could be making $700 a week. Woohoo! And they said, we don't think this is God's will for your life. I said, well, you guys got to pray harder because you don't know what God is doing. And so I started challenging them. But I went back into the room, into my room, after they told me what the word of the, the word of the Lord came to Joaquin. And I'm going back into my room, and I opened the shed, the shutter, the, the shades. And I look up to heaven. I said, Lord... You're going to see this is going to be my great train wreck. My parents are messing with my life again, and they want me to, ah, and I don't have, ah, but I'm going to show you you're wrong. I'm going to do what they say. Just to prove I'm going to be a starving man. And I, I went to the police academy the next day. I told the lieutenant, the sergeant, whoever was uh, starting the class at the academy, I said, sir, last night my parents pulled me into a room he says, sir, you don't need parents anymore. You're already old. You make your own decisions. And we've already accepted you. There's like 3,000 people want to get in. We're only going to accept a limited number. And you're one of the ones we're going to accept. You pass your psychological. That's huge. You pass all this vetting process and now you're ready to go. And I said, yeah, but I got the word of the Lord. And I got the word of the Lord last night. And I argue with God, and I'm going to prove him that he's wrong. And then I will never listen to my parents again. That's how rebellious and how crooked we can get. So I said that he goes, listen to me. You're not going to be able to get in here in a long time. I said, I know. And, and my parents don't know. And I think he's, they're confused. God is confused. And so I, I went on, and I, I went to law school. And it was a miracle, and God continued to open doors and crazy. I make $700 a day, not a week. I can make $700 in two hours. I, I, I can blink and make thousands of dollars because God's favor and his blessing and his prosperity are through the roof crazy. Through the roof crazy. And so it, to this day, I, I continue to seek the word of the Lord in every thought in my brain. I, I don't have thoughts that, that are unaccompanied with God's word being there 
being this stuff. I go to a television station. They tell me, oh, I tell them the word of the Lord says this. The word of the Lord says this. I say, excuse me, Dr. Molina, you, you cannot continue to tell us what the word of the Lord. What do you think? I don't think nothing. I used to think without the word of the Lord. Now every thought, every conversation, every... When, when people do things and say things and they jump and they, and, and they confuse me, I'm confused. I'm like, uh, I'm confused because all this says here and you're doing what is it? I don't know. You got me confused. You're, what you're doing doesn't line up with anything that the word of God says. In fact, everything the word of God says, you're trampling underfoot. You're flying by the seat of your pants. Do you think you're going to prosper? They go, yeah, yeah. There's no way. Because if you prosper, I'm throwing this book away. Because if this book doesn't mean anything, and it's full of the word of God. He was, God doesn't speak to me like he speaks to pastor. No, you don't read the Bible, sir. Because God's been speaking a long time, and he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you came up with some great idea, according to your fancy, then start your own Bible Write your own Bible and start your own heaven. And it's not, God's, that's not what God has for us. He's been faithful to speak. Who is God that he should speak to us? Who is God that he should direct our steps? And so the Bible says there in Psalm 1, uh, Proverb 1, he says, I gave you my word, I gave you my counsel, and you threw it in the wind. You didn't give it any weight and any deference. Chapter 1, verse 22. How long will you simple ones love your simplicity? You mockers delight in mocking. You fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke so that I could pour out my spirit upon you. Verse 23. Turn. He'll pour his spirit upon you. And I will make my words known to you. I will reveal my communication to you. I will send you my words. Verse 24. But because I called you and you refused, I stretched out my hand and you wouldn't regard it. You didn't see it as my hand. Verse 25. Because you disdained all my counsel. That, that's why we consider, the Bible says, you have the mind. No, not you. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. When we're all trying to contemplate matters, we want the word of the Lord. What has God spoken? And I don't dare make that up. I don't say, well, uh, it used to be the case in 1989 that, no. It's, it's God's word for this hour right now, and you would have none of my rebuke. Some people have thought that just because it comes in form of rebuke, it must not be the Lord. Because God wouldn't speak to me that way. Well, oh, 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 oh. I, I suggest you, you fear the Lord. Verse 26, because you would have none of my counsel, I will laugh when your calamity comes. You despise the word of the Lord, destruction. You adhere and fear his commandments, reward. I will mock when terror comes upon you. What, are you cursing me? You're cursed already. Because you want to live without the word of God. There's no counsel with what you're doing and saying and going. Verse 27, 
Um, when your terror comes like a storm, your destruction comes like a hurricane. When distress and anguish come upon you, then... Pastor, could you please pray for me? Mm, if I were you, I'd find a bunker. I would find a shelter. I would find a refuge because you disregarded the front end. You have to receive the consequences of those who don't walk. See, God, God cannot sit there and see you doing things contrary to his word and then protect you and bless you and keep you safe. No, there has to be the evidence of the fact that you didn't listen to God. God cannot keep you free from being a victim of your, and he says it here, verse 29, he says, um, they will seek me but not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That season of life where you should have wanted to know and choose what God desired. Verse 30, they would have none of my counsel and they despised every time they were rebuked. Every time they were called their attention, verse 31, Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own ways and be filled with the full of their fancies. Now, this is not desiring anybody be cursed. But the evidence of walking without the word of the Lord, without seeking the counsel of the Lord, renders our life unfruitful. I need to hurry up here. We need to hurry up. David, you're not going to build me a house. I'm going to build you a dynasty. I'm going to build you a kingdom that will last forever. And so in that regards, as he tells them these things, I didn't ask you for a house, so don't build me one. He tells David of all the things he's going to do for him. The word of the Lord came and explained to him the order uh, if you read with me, 2 Samuel 7, verse 16, your house and your kingdom will endure forever. You're not going to build me a house. I'm going to build your house, and that house will last. It will be a throne that will be established forever. And verse 17, Nathan spoke to David in accordance with all the words and revealed to him the entire vision. And, and that, that is a glorious place to be when you're expecting for God to fulfill his word. You can pray in that regards. Verse 18, David goes to the Lord in prayer, not to the Lord in what he was going to do. Now hearing from the word, he lines up and he says, and David went in before the Lord and said, who am I, O Lord, and what is my household that you have brought me this far? Why, why is it that you continue to have a future and a hope for my life? Uh, verse 19, and yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord, you have also spoken of your servant's house, not only me, but my offspring. When, when I'm talking about you listening to the word of the Lord, you know who's getting blessed? Your children. I told my nieces this week, you're choosing your children's dad. He better be a world changer. He better be a praying man. He better be a man who seeks the word of the Lord. He better direct, and you better line up with what God says. You know why wives don't listen to husbands? They don't have a word from God. They don't have a trajectory and a history to have heard from God and so that's one of the blessings in our home and my my children will tell you we've always had a lot of dreams and hopes and expectations dad I want to fly on a rocket to Mars or whatever the issue is I said okay that does that seems good 
but let's see how far God wants to take us. Let's, let's see what God's plans are for our life. And those are the good plans. When we wait to see God fulfill his promises over our lives, then there's no regret and there's no sorrow. You've spoken that you have a future for us. It includes my family. And verse 20, what more can David say to you? For you, Lord, for you know your servant, O Lord. You, you know all things about me. Uh, verse 21, because of your word and in accordance with your own heart, you have done all these great astounding things and you've let your servant know about them. Verse 22, therefore you, you are great, O God, for there is none like you. There is no God besides you according to all that we have heard with our ears. Verse 23, what one nation on the earth is like your people whom God went to redeem for himself, to make a name for himself, to do great and awesome things for yourself and for your land before your people whom you have redeemed. Verse 24, you have established your people, Israel, as your people forever. Lord, you have become their God. Verse 25, now, O Lord, confirm forever the word that you have spoken in regard to your servant and his house and do just as if you have spoken. So that, verse 26, your name may be magnified forever, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. That, that there's no greater consistency with what we're called to be upon the earth than when we are listening to his word and put it to practice. His word is not, it doesn't expire, it doesn't grow old. God doesn't forget about what he's spoken and what he said. He will fulfill it. For this reason, your servant has found courage to pray to you like this. In verse 28, and Lord, now you are God and your words are true and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Verse 29, therefore now, I may it please you to bless this house, a royal dynasty, of your servant, so that it might continue before you, and for, uh, for you, O Lord God, have spoken it, and with your blessing, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. Lord, speak in my direction. I'm going to cherish the words you have spoke, and I'm going to wait for them. I'm going to see it come to pass in the manner you have spoken. So in that regards, as we consider these things, and I want to hurry up, I don't want to miss anything out, um, the Lord is not only faithful in fulfilling God's call upon David's life. In 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 11, now the word of the Lord came to Solomon. And he begins to uh, speak to David's son, and they continue the legacy of the word of the Lord. I, I, my concern is that our children grow up uh, desiring these realities and not thinking that our church is some type of religious expression. Because if it's a religious expression, then there, there's a million there's 33 million uh, religions that they can pursue, but only one that adheres to the word of the Lord. One that really says, God, speak into my life, uh, speak a word of the Lord into my children. This is one of the things that I had raising my children. It says, Lord, I am the conduit to have a word of God for my offspring. I'm, I'm the head of my house. I'm the head uh, of our marriage. I'm the head over the, the children. Um, there has to be a sentiment of the word of God. There has to be an understanding that God is serious and that we are to adhere and fear when we walk outside of that word. In 1 Kings chapter 13, there's an incident here where an older prophet, a man who had heard from God, tells a younger man, um, what God told you is not what he told me. 
And in that regards, verse 17 is 1 Kings 13, 17. For I was told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water here, nor shall you return by the going the way that you came. And then look what verse 18. So, so, so a young prophet hears from God and tells the old prophet, God told me to not give you food, not give you drink, and to see you on your way. But the older prophet says like this. He says, I'm, I too am a prophet as you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to this house that he might eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So the, the, we're living in times where all sorts of people are hearing the word of God. God told me and God told me and God. Well, then you must be more spiritual than 10 pastors. You must be more godly than his church because God has has a line to you that contradicts everything in our traditions and in our trajectory. So this older prophet says, I'm to go back to your house and I'm to eat your bread. Bring me back to your house. I'm a prophet too. Verse 19, so the man of God went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Verse 20, now it happened as they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. The word of the Lord comes. Who is it? The word of the Lord. What God says, what God does. And he cried to the man of God, verse 21, who had come from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept his commandment, which the Lord of God commanded you, but you have come back and have eaten bread and drink water in place of which the Lord said to you, you shall not eat bread and not drink water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. Verse 23, after the prophet of the house had eaten and had uh, drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And verse 24, now when he had gone, a lion met him by the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road with the donkey standing beside him. The lion was also standing beside the body. Two miracles that happened that day. The lion didn't eat the man, and the lion didn't eat the donkey. But this man who is playing with the word of God and the counsel of the Lord, those who despise the word of the Lord shall be destroyed. Verse 25, and there were men passing by, and they saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion stand beside the body. So they came and told about the city to Bethel, where the old prophet lived. They went to tell his hometown. Verse 26, when the prophet who had brought him back from the road heard about it, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to a lion, which has torn him and killed him. Is that what your Bible says? In accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. In verse 27, he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me, and they saddled it. Verse 28, and he went and found the body thrown on the road and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion miraculously had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. Then the prophet, verse 29, picked up the body of the man and laid it on the donkey and brought it back and he came to the city uh, and buried the old prophet and mourned for him. I, I just want to say something. I don't know what the lion is. I don't know what the situation is. I just know when the Bible says that those who despise the word of the Lord will experience destruction. And those who adhere and revere the commandment of the Lord will be rewarded. 
That's a, that, that's a simple and as clear. Proverbs 13, 13, we continue to read that and make it reverberate because this is a legacy we leave to our children. How many say amen? We leave it to our children that they would contemplate the word of the Lord and that they not think that it will go well with them when they trample the word of the Lord. Isaiah 8, 19, when the people of God say to you, Go and get a word from someone else, a medium or a wizard, a whisperer or a talker. You know talkers? I, 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 I cringe when I hear a talker speaking. Well, well, I did this and I went there and my aunt and my uncle and, and our, our cousins and our grandfathers, we, we did this and they're just talking. They don't have a word of the Lord. They don't live by the word of the Lord. They don't, they don't cherish the weight of God's word. They have everybody's, well, should they seek the dead uh, for those that are living on behalf of the living? Should they inquire to the traditions of their fathers? Verse 20, he says, to the law, word of God, and to the testimony, the counsel of God. If they do not speak according to these words, it is because there's no light in them. Powerful verse. You want to give direction and light to people that do not seek the Lord? You, you, the gentleman I was speaking to last night, he says, Pastor, there's a guy on the internet I came across, and I was reading his book, and he says this, and you don't even know the guy. You do not know whence his counsel came from. And last night, I had the joy while I was speaking to this man, I introduced to him Nick. I introduced to him Joshua, I introduced to him Brandon, I introduced to him my daughter, and I said, do you want your son, who's five years old, to be like them when they're 25? Do you want that? Do you want the fruit of what I just introduced? He says, what, you want them to be a pastor? I said, no, I don't want your son to be a pastor. My sons are lawyers, but they're godly men. They have wisdom of God, and in their young age, they... They are now enjoying the fruit of their labor, reflecting the glory of the word of the Lord. They, they didn't go and taste other things first. They did it a la Lord. A la carte, a la Lord. Lord, Lord, what do you want? When do you want? Where do you want? But it contradicts everything I want, Lord. Yes, it does. It does. And hopefully your whole life will reflect what God wants and not what you want. Your desire will be God's pleasure. So the law and to the testimony, if they're not speaking in line with this word, it's because there's no light in them. There's no purview. Verse 21, he says, they who consult the mediums and they who consult the wizards will pass through the land. Does your Bible says deeply distressed and hungry? They will pass, they will, they will navigate on the land and never see the goodness of God. It shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and cursed. They will curse their king and they will curse their God and look upward. They'll wonder why they didn't listen to God. And they will look to the earth and they will, verse 22, and they will see only distress and darkness, gloom and doom. Ooh. Pastor Molina is full of gloom and doom. When you're trampling the counsel of God, you're not to see light. 
There's no light in them because they don't speak according to the word. This is great. This is a great day in the house of God. I just pray that godly women would take the word of the Lord and and confirm it and, and tell their husbands, get a word from God. Quit leading our families into desolate anguish of deep gloom and doom. That they will look to the ends of the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven towards greater depth of darkness. There's not going to be a sunny sunrise and rainbow in the sky when you don't have the word of the Lord. My Bible says that if you despise the word, destruction comes, Proverbs 13, 13. But if you revere, respect, honor the word of God, great reward stands to come in your way. Isaiah 40, verse 3 tells us a little bit about the word of the Lord. I need to finish within the next five minutes. A voice of one calling out, clear the way for the Lord. Get out of your desert in the wilderness. Make straight and smooth the highway for God. Prepare his way. Make sure that you got the stream of God's word coming into your heart, into your life. Quit following worldly people. Just because they post Bibles on their posts doesn't mean they're Christians. And you ask them, hey, what church? Well, I don't go to church anymore. Well, I'm too busy doing my podcast. What? I don't, I have a pastor. I, I'm, I, now I learn more than my pastor. I don't have a shepherd. I don't have a congregation. I don't have the body of Christ. I don't serve anywhere. I serve myself. I'm giving you lessons. Come on. You got to get with the plan. You don't have a pastor. You don't have a church. You don't have the word of the Lord. Delete, delete, prune your social media. If you don't know that these people love God and have a pastor and live according to the word of God, revere God's word, they could know the entire. Listen, when I see a person, well, this Bible says this, and the Bible says this, this is what I said. Hey, hey, calm down, buddy. The devil knows the whole word. You're a potential devil because you could repeat the word. Show me you live the word. Show me it's a reality in your home amongst your own. Make straight the path. Verse 4, he says, every valley be raised. When God speaks, he's raising you up so that you're not in the low places. Every mountain and hill brought low. Those, when God, God brings everything to a, a beautiful passageway of prosperity, the crooked places made straight. The difficult places made smooth. The word of the Lord does all this work in our lives. It brings up the low places, down the high places. It fixes all the, the wanderings. What's the, what's the straightest point between the, the, the fastest? Yeah, no, it says that the quickest distance, the farthest distance between two points is a shortcut. That you think you're going to get somewhere fast while you trample the word of the Lord? Uh, a, f- a friend of mine's a preacher says, are you smoking crack rock? Are you doing drugs? You think that you devised a plan greater than God's word? Something's messed up. Something's not consistent with reality if you have to trample what God says to accommodate. To accommodate what your desire is. The faster you tell people what the word of the Lord is, the people that are supposed to be in your life will run to you and the people that are supposed to be out of your life will run away from you. 
They'll get out of your life. If you're a young girl, you start speaking the word of the Lord, get that monkey off your back. Make him scream and scratch and, and flee like a roach he is. When the word of the Lord comes and the counsel of God is sweet. And then it goes on to say, verse 5, he says, everything being made straight, the glory of God shall be revealed. All these things out of the place, now the, the flesh shall see it together. And the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Everybody's going to see that what God says is true. It's just a matter of time for it to come to pass. What God says will remain, will persevere. A voice calls out, verse 6, cry out. He said, and what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all loveliness is like the flower of the field. What's that mean? Temporary things will pass. Verse 7, the grass wither, the flower fades, the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Most certainly, all people are like grass. Verse 8, my favorite verse in the whole Bible in the last two minutes. The grass withers, the flower flays, but the word of the Lord stands forever. What God says. What God has spoken will remain, will be seen. Well, how do you know that this is going to happen? Because God said it. God said it. He will establish what he has said. And his word will persevere. But Isaiah 46 verse 10 tells us a little bit more. Declaring the end from the beginning. He will tell you from the beginning, declaring the end. Declaring the end from the beginning. He knows before you know. He sees before you see. He will, you know, I, I tell people, I wish I could put you in a capsule and launch you a 10 years into the direction of the word of God for your life. What for? So when you come out of your little capsule and you're like, look what God was talking about. Now, now I see it clearly. But it, you need to have this at the front end, knowing that you have a word from God, uh, the counsel of the Lord in these affairs, because he says he knows the end from the beginning, from an ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel will stand. I will do all that my pleasure is. Everything I have planned, it shall come to pass. I've set it to the fix. Um, I have an issue here. Woo, okay. Jeremiah 1.4, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, therefore I formed you. From your mother's womb, I knew you from the beginning. I, uh, before you were born, I, I separated you to myself. I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Uh, in verse 6, then I said, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not know, do not say I'm a young person because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command, that's what you should come out of your mouth. Do not be afraid. Verse 8, uh, at their faces for I'm with you to protect you and deliver you. And verse 9, then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put my words in your mouth. You should know what God is saying in this season of your life. You should know what God has said about every situation that you are traversing. There should be a word from God that sustains you in the desert place. Jeremiah 18, verse 5, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. 
The word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Abraham. The word of the Lord comes to everybody but you. Something's wrong. Why? Because God doesn't do anything without speaking his word over what's going on in your life. You should have a word from God in season. If you're double-minded, God will speak to you. And then next week you'll say, Lord, what did you say about what? And he'll speak to you again. Lord, what did you say? And then he's going to allow you to despise his word and be left to destruction. There's no remedy for a person that despises the treasure of his word. You should write down what the Lord says so it comes to pass. Verse 2, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will make you know my words. You will understand that I'm the potter and you're the clay. I mold you. You don't mold me. You don't sit there and play with what I'm doing because I have a plan to make you a vessel. In verse 3, he says, then I went to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel Verse 4, but the vessel that he was making from that clay was spoiled by the potter's hand, so he had to make it all over again, reworking it and making it into another potter that seemed good to him. Verse 5, then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do the same with you as a potter does? Look carefully as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment, I will be speaking to a nation that I will uproot, and break down and destroy. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent and reverse my decision concerning the devastation that I intend to do. Imagine if today we left this house of worship listening to the word of the Lord saying, Lord, don't give me up to my desire. Don't give me up to the thoughts of my mind. I need a word of the Lord to sustain me in the coming time. I need a word of the Lord that will keep me from the destruction that comes from despising your word. Proverbs 13, 13. Verse 9. Or at another time I might speak to a nation or a kingdom that I will build or establish. And if they do evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will reverse my decision concerning them, which I've promised to bless them. I can't bless what I've not spoken. Verse 11. Now then, Say to the men of Judah and to the citizens of Israel, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping a disaster and working out a plan against you. This is, this is what's left for the people that want I'm just going to do my thing. I don't care if God said it, if God wants it, if God's spoken it, if he doesn't. I turn a deaf ear. I turn a, a, deaf, a dumb look. I'm not going to adhere. I'm not going to pay attention to what God has spoken. He says, I have devised devastation. I'm shaping a disaster and working out a plan against them. So turn back each one of you from his evil ways, correct your habits, and change your actions for the better. But they will say, verse 12, your plans don't, I don't see any hope in what you're telling me. I don't have faith. For we are going to follow our own plans. We're reading Jeremiah 18, 12. And we are going, each of us, in accordance to our own stubborn heart the dictates to obey our evil heart, our stubborn heart. Verse 13, therefore says the Lord, ask now amongst the nations, who has heard of such a thing? Who has heard what Israel, my virgin, has done is a very horrible thing. They're about to walk into devastation and into destruction. They're about to forget, verse 15, yet my people have forgotten me. They go around lighting incense to worthless gods. They stumble from their ways, from the ancient roads, to walk in pathways, not my highway. Pathways versus highways. 
making their land a desolation, verse 16, and a horror, a thing to be hissed at perpetually. Everyone who passes by them will be astounded and shake his head. Verse 17, for I will scatter them like east wind before the enemy. I will show them my back and not my face. Not my favor in the day of disaster. Verse 18, then come, let us work out schemes against Jeremiah. Now they get mad at the prophet. Let's work out schemes against the prophet, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. I've said that several times. I said it this week. I've been pastoring this church for 24 years, from the first day to this day in God's mercy and grace and for his glory. And some people have been here, and when I speak, my words have no weight in the direction of the counsel of God for their lives. You know why? Because they have not adhered to the importance of the word of the Lord in their lives. Oh, that's his opinion. He's exaggerated. No, they're crying tears because of the devastation and the disaster that has followed because they have despised the word of the Lord and the counsel of God. Let's treat him according to his tongue and let us not give heed to any of his vice. That generation still lives to this point. They want to come against God. They want to come against the word of God, the counsel of God, the people of God, everything to accommodate their wicked and detestable heart. Verse 19, pay attention to me, O Lord. Listen to what my adversaries say. They are plotting against me. Verse 20, should good be repaid with evil? Yet they have dug a pit for me. Remember that I stood before you to speak good on their behalf, to turn your anger away from them. Verse 21, therefore give their children over to famine and give their, uh, them over to the power of judgment and let their wives become childless and widowed. Let their men meet death. Their young men be struck by the sword in battle. Verse 22, let an outcry be heard from their houses when you suddenly bring raiders and plunderers upon them for they have dug a pit to capture me and have hidden snares for my feet verse 23 yet you O lord know all their deadly plotting against me do not forgive their wickedness or blot out their sin from your sight but let them be overthrown and deal with them according to your anger we read this week that nehemiah was upset at his people grabbed them by the hair and kicked them and punched them i've never done that yet uh we've heard that paul gives people over to the devil i have not done that yet I pray for great mercy for all of us to hear the word of the Lord and that we have a serious fountain of that stream of his counsel in our lives so that we could see his reward. We could see his glory. So Father, we thank you this morning that we've been in the house of God. You have spoken clearly to your people and I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for always having a word in season for our church. I pray, God, that we would not only be hearers but doers of your counsel and that we might rejoice, that we might do so with gladness of heart, uh, with the understanding of the abundance of the provision you have for those who seek the word of the Lord and the counsel of the Most High God. We pray your blessing over our house. Father, we pray that you renounce and withdraw anything that we're doing or walking in that's not according to your word, according to your heart, according to your plans, O oh God. We want to see your glory and not ours. We want to see your favor, O oh God and not walk in fear and doubt and distrust, O oh God. We pray that you renew our hearts to discern when you speak to us, O oh Lord, that we would have the counsel of the Lord in season and out of season. 
that you would speak to us in the affairs that are in our lives and in the lives of those people around us that we love, family and friends, and that we would have a word of the Lord for those that still have yet to hear your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Give us boldness and courage to speak your word in areas where there's darkness. Let your light shine bright, O oh God. Let us be able to embrace the truth of your word, even though it brings temporary sorrow to our hearts. Yet, Lord, this temporary, um, what you call um, light burden compared to the glories that will follow, Lord. Allow us to sustain ourselves in this time so that we can see the faithfulness of your word come to pass in our lives, in our children, in our family, our finances, and in our affairs as we conduct them here upon the earth. Use us, your people, to fill the earth with your glory and allow us, Father God, to come against every obstacle and hindrance by the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, Amen! Amen! Greet one another in the love of the Lord. See you on Wednesday night at 8. Men's meeting start next week on Monday and the women's meeting next week on Wednesday. God bless you.